right, we're not at Artichoke Music this week or next. The store is open and doing well, but since I have all the right things wrong with me, I'm going to wait for the vaccine to arrive before I start recording there again. This is a week I've been waiting for literally for years. Composer Andrew Durkin and Mary Sue Tobin are Skyping with me because after a four-year wait, five-pointed star, the collaboration between Andrew and the Quadraphones, Oregon's all-female saxophone quartet, is about to be released, and it's very special. It's unique, as you might expect, reflecting the unique personalities and talents of all involved. Well, I wish I could be sitting across from you guys in, like, real life. But then I wouldn't be able to see your whole face. I'd only be able to see half of it. <laughs> you wouldn't be able to hear me either. <laughs> I am wearing flyers pajama bottoms. <laughs> <laughs> I've got my Orioles t-shirt, Orioles sweatshirt on. My Orioles hoodie. Okay, your turn, Andrew. <laughs> Nothing fancy. <laughs> All I'm, right. I'm a simple man. So look, this has become, this had become a, 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 a almost, a, not a, it's not, not a joke, but it caused laughter. Because every time I, I interviewed all four of the quads, more than once, and, and you, you were, uh, Andrew, you were on the podcast four years ago. And we've been talking about this record ever since. And like I would have, you know, I, you know, and, and Mary Sue, you were, you know, you were on the first episode. That's crazy. I, I remember it like it was yesterday. Yeah. I remember going there and trying to find a parking space. Yeah. And all of the coffee. And this is number two, <laughs> 276. That's crazy. It is crazy. Um. So, but we've we've been talking about this record. <laughs> I know I would, you know, one one of the quads would come in, and, I, we'd, and then the next one would come and say, "Well, when's it going to happen? We're not sure. We don't know. When's it going to happen? Next one would come in. When's it going to happen? We're not sure." Andrew came in four years ago, and uh, uh, said, "When's it going to happen? We don't know." What what finally think- made it happen? This record, this one, um, uh, this wonderful record that you have made. I, you know, it's, um, I think it was just kind of getting, uh, to the point where I was confident enough to kind of just follow through and had the time to follow through. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of, it took a lot of minute nitpicky production type decisions along the way. And, you know, just things like, like like the order of the songs, you know, uh-huh. and uh-huh. exactly how you wanted the mix to be. And actually, like, you, it's funny because going into it, I almost thought it would be easier to to, <laughs> to mix because there are fewer instruments that I'm used to dealing with. But in some ways, that actually was a harder because kind of everything is kind of there and pure and, you know, you just kind of want it to to shine you know the, the band has such amazing sound and i wanted to like do right by them and make sure that you know their that sound was coming through on the record and yeah. you know it's not like a it's not an easy thing to just kind of like press the button on you know just hit the record and just let it go and yeah. assume that it all gonna come out exactly the way you want it to mm-hmm. so 
Did you do the mastering too? Well, I was around for it. I didn't mm-hmm. actually work the mechanics of that. It's all Dennis. Dennis is kind of the the mastermind as far as the technical side of it. Which, which Dennis a, is that? Dennis Carter. Okay. Of Falcon Recording. Yeah. 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 So he did all the the engineering of the initial recording sessions, mm-hmm. and then he did the mixing, and then he did the mastering. Uh, so he's kind of a triple threat, and um, he's been a really like Dennis has evolved into kind of a musical partner in general. So it was kind of good to kind of go through after the doing the sextet record that um, I recorded that, that you just referred to yeah. um, the last time that I was on the on the show. Um, he was also involved in this project and then subsequent things I've been doing. So he's been kind of mm-hmm. like a, a good musical ally. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Mary Sue, what came first, the chicken or the egg? <laughs> I mean, was did, did the band want to record tunes by by Andrew, or did Andrew want, want the, the, the band to record his tunes? Um, I think it was organic in the sense that... Um, we just have so much uh, fun and respect for him and his music, and he had written, um, had written and then rearranged some of his tunes for this book tour that he was doing because uh-huh. he wrote a book. Um, uh, is it deconstructed, Andrew? Decomposition. Decom- yeah, I always want to say deconstructed, but <laughs> I know you know I found something. You should never put stuff on, on the internet. Andrew, because because Ever? at one time you called yourself at one time you called yourself a hack composer and pseudo intellectual living in Los Angeles. It's so true, except for the last Los Angeles part. Um, okay, so, yeah, so, had, so so how did that happen? Well, he, he had written this book, and yeah. um. And uh, we had done a book tour, which is the greatest thing ever. You know, uh-huh. we, really, we were just up in Seattle and in Portland um, and playing these songs. And then um, I don't know how, I don't know whether the chicken or the egg crossed the road first, but PJCE said that they would put it out on the label. And I'm, I don't know those mechanics of how that happened. Uh-huh. Brian Marr, like, late in the night, like, yeah. making phone calls, maybe. <laughs> and... Um, so, but then when Andrew um, then asked us, uh, we were delighted because we mm-hmm. love everything about Andrew and everything about his music. And we would pretty much, you know, do a, a polka album if he asked us to. <laughs> Good idea. Everybody loves the polka. <laughs> and I mean, how... Remember Sabelle and Botilus? Remember Sabelle and Botilus? No. Oh, they were this crazy. There was this crazy couple that would that would would play polka music in bars. It was bizarre. Right. Go ahead. Sorry. (laughs) No. So I think that that was just how how it happened. Um, And then as far as um, um, it it uh, coming out, um, there was there was just a lot of issues um, just with the timing of it. And 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 I don't know any of those um, mechanics, uh-huh. but we're all thrilled that it's finally out in the world because whenever we did a show of his of his music um, with a rhythm section, 
and um and people just love it they love it mm -hmm. we did it at the 1905 for pjce mm -hmm. and there's something there's something about andrew's music that it's just universally appealing everybody loves it and it's i think it's just because it's something you've never heard that's really cool that's not trying to be pretentious right. or trying to be um appealing to your lowest denominator and yet somehow <laughs> um somehow they're this blend of uh you know artistry and mastery with a, a universal appeal without going for the easy way you know without going for the sucker punch hit chorus you mm -hmm. know mm -hmm. so I think the, the roots of it are, are 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 deep though because I remember like both uh, Mary Sue and Mika had also played in industrial jazz group. I, yeah, well, I remember I, I, I remember the gigs at that at that pizza place where you, the, the, the the stage was full. There was more of the band down below the stage. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> spectacular. Like, so, it was spectacular from 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 that time. Like that was. That was like shortly after I had moved to Portland, so yeah. that must have been like 2008, 2009. Right. Um, and that that was before I had ever even. I don't. I, I mean, when did the quadrophones actually technically begin? I we have discussed this and discussed this, and I think we've come up with like 13 years we've been together. Okay. So, yeah. I, I think you. You think you might want to date it from when I wrote that first piece about you guys. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that. I don't know. Around some sometime after the Korean War. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we and I had pl I had played with Andrew and done a couple tours with him. Uh -huh. Just me and then Mika and I and two other sax players in town, Ward um, and Lee Elderton. We did a like a Yakima um, Olympia tour with him. So we've all sort of been entangled with each other for um, quite a while. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. I think, I, I mean, after that was, like, after after we had played together a little bit in the IJG, then I, I, I think I may have heard the quadrophones on your show at some point, Tom. I right. know I saw them at Mississippi Pizza. Yeah. And there, like, there was a moment where, like, once I had that sound yeah. in my head, I knew that that would be a good match. It probably took a few more years beyond that initial hearing to actually make this project work, but, uh -huh. but the seed definitely planted at that point because, like, there's nothing better than, you know, a well-executed, in-tune <laughs> section, you know, like, just like for, for someone who likes to write melodies. Yeah. That is like such a gift. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the quads had commissioned Andrew before. I don't know in That's between. Right. That's and right. Definitely before this, and a long time ago for a multimedia um, show we did that we got a grant for, and we commissioned different composers. So Andrew, Andrew Durkin, Andrew Oliver, um, and Andrew Durkin, this this guy. Um, did a really, really cool piece for us with a video, uh -huh. very apocalyptic. Um, <laughs> it would probably work really well today. We should probably put that out. Uh, <laughs> um, uh -huh. And uh, and that was really cool. Like that, I think that was my dad's favorite 
piece of the show. So he had written for us for that specifically. Andrew, when did you realize that you were Nostradamus? Am I? What, what do you mean? <laughs> well, you know, I, you were an apocalyptic piece, and, and then look what happened. We can either... It's not the apocalypse yet. <laughs> well, it's yeah. awful goddamn close to it. <laughs> let's let's get the record out first, and then we'll talk. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, uh. Maybe that was the thing that motivated me to finally get off my ass. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's funny, you know. I went back and listened to some of the uh, the podcast that you were on, Andrew, and I I remember and I I I, I, I had remembered saying that uh, it was especially uh, important for the time that we were in, which was right after Trump got elected. I think I, if I remember correctly, the sessions for this were in August of yeah. 2016. Yeah. So that was right before we entered this yeah. shit show. Yeah. And, um, but but it, it so was almost I, a different world. I remember saying that it was yeah. it was it was calming and and uh, and very beneficial to how people were feeling at the time. And I, I feel that way uh, about this one too, in a lot of ways, because it's uh, uh, we we I think we need it. We need it. Thanks for saying that. I appreciate that. <laughs> Okay, so how did the sessions go down? Um, what I remember was it was two days. Um, uh, everything was recorded live except for some of the solos. Um, mm-hmm. So it was all kind of like about capturing the ensemble sound. Mm-hmm. Um, we did it at Falcon Recording Studios uh, mm-hmm. downtown and um, just had everyone set up in a semicircle and um, yeah, it was, it was over two, two, six or seven hour sessions, I think, in a row. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Did, I know that you, I've seen you conduct many times. Did you conduct on this or, or what was your role? Um, I was in the control room. I, huh. um, obviously I was listening. I wasn't conducting. I don't think I've ever actually conducted the quads. I think they have their kind of mm-hmm. own. I mean, we, when we rehearse, I'm always there, and so we talk through cues and stuff. But um, I, they have their own kind of internal signaling system, mm-hmm. which is partly just kind of like mind reading. Honestly, it just seems like they kind of like know uh, each other well enough to to be able to feel where things are supposed to be happening. Yeah, it's always sounded um, that way. It sounded that way. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um. <clears throat> uh. So, um, uh, how long had you had you had the band been sitting with this material? Maybe I mean some of some of the um, some of the compositions date from earlier periods in the industrial jazz group. Maybe there's mm-hmm. maybe four or five songs that yeah. came from the IJG repertoire, and so they were. At least um, Mary Sue and Nico would have been familiar with them just in general, if not in specifics of a particular arrangement. Um, but in terms of like these arrangements and the, the new material, I want to say it was maybe a year. I don't know. Really? Wow. Do you remember? Was it longer than that? I, I actually don't know. Um, had, go ahead, Tom. Sorry. Had you had you performed any of these uh, publicly before? 
You recorded them? We did. Uh, yeah. 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 Yeah, I think we had been record I think we had been performing them uh-huh. through the year um, leading yeah. up to the session. Uh-huh. Um, so we so they were they were definitely familiar with them at that point. It wasn't like brand new stuff. So let's let's why don't we go through a few of the tunes, huh? Uh, uh, the the album kicks off with Jocasta. Uh, is that about somebody you know, or was it the wife of uh, Laius who was given a prophecy saying that she ever had a child, the child would be, could kill him and marry marry the wife? I mean, I I <laughs> that's where the 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 name came from. Yeah. I don't know anyone with that name. Okay. Um, <laughs> I've I've gotten extremely. Um, and Mary Sue can attest to this, I guess. But either lazy or just like really crazy with names, just like not really putting a ton of thought into like having the name be expressive of a particular idea that the song is meant to convey. Um, <laughs> it's just a sound. <laughs> and as Frank Zappa, I think Frank Zappa said, you know, like you got to call them something. So, yeah. You know, yeah. But some configuration of vowels and consonants, you know, and and I, I actually I, I think there were one or two tunes that I changed the titles after I after we finished the the mastering just because we had been living with one title for so long and it didn't feel right anymore. Uh. Um, but <clears throat> so yeah. so slunk, for instance, isn't really indicative of the, of the tune. Um, yeah, I mean, like, it is kind of like a slinky tune. I mean, it does feel kind of like sneaky in a way. Um, but, um, but it doesn't have to be. Yeah. Oh, thanks for being so clear about that. It could be, could be, but it doesn't have to be. (laughs) It's in the ear of the beholder. And that's new to me too because uh, I didn't whatever the song was. Yeah, what I'm familiar with the name Slunk for it. Uh, I don't remember what you called it before. But I think, see, it was, I think that was the one called Olapahant. Yeah. Olapahant. Yeah, wow. Yeah, or we had fun. We have fun with his names because they are sort of mixtures of vowels and consonants. So we would call it Oliphant and Oliphanit. And then he has another one that's like Roosh or Vroom. And we would all, at rehearsals, we would all take turns saying the way that we thought that the name was, the title was pronounced, which was, it's kind of fun, you know, so. (laughs) I mean, there were some that I didn't have control, like the, there's one cover on this album, um, which Mm -hmm. is the Faith No More tune um, from Out of Nowhere. Um, Mm -hmm. Which, you know, that's actually the first time I've ever recorded or released a cover cover tune. Really? Uh, but that, you know, I don't have any control over what they called it. I'm not crazy about that name, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, you know, I, I I think I've I may have mentioned this to to you to, to before in different interviews. But one of the things I've always noticed about um, uh, your your work and, and the people who play your music is that you look very serious. The music doesn't doesn't the music has a, has a, 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 a humor and a smile and 
course, virtuosity in composition, but no matter how difficult the thing is to play, when the band is finished, they always are smiling. (laughs) You've put them through this, like, Olympic workout, and then they come up smiling. That, I mean, that's just a testament to the quality of the people, because I don't know, I don't know, probably not all musicians who ever would try this music would end up smiling at the end. Yeah. You know, there takes a certain class of musician to, to pull that off and, and to enjoy it. Um, yeah. So I've been very lucky in that regard, for sure. So, so why does the band smile, Mary Sue? Well, Andrew's correct in that because music is not necessarily easy to play. Yeah. I mean, there's lots of time changes. There's lots of transitions. But when you get to know it, um, it's very organic. And he mm-hmm. makes, like, in inside sort of things that would make musicians smile, but... But like I was saying, don't come off potentially. They, they're, it's when you do it well, it works so well and it's so organic that the audience doesn't even know that you're reading in, you know, uh, 15, 12 or whatever, doing yeah. all these transitions because the intent and the, and the composition behind it is so organic. And so as a musician, you're not only happy that you pulled it off but it's also um it it just feels so good to play music that is quote unquote difficult but doesn't sound that way when it yeah. comes out properly played yeah. so you're happy but you're also like whew i did it you know but you, <laughs> you have to also work as an ensemble because while he may feature somebody all the parts are always integrated so it's not just about you. It's about integrating with the whole band. So you're also happy the rest of the band made it too. <laughs> and, that you have this. and then the audience loves it because it does sound like this. I wouldn't say like happy, like do to do to carnival music, but like I was saying, it was, it's very, um, I, um, it's, you can definitely people feel it. You don't have to like one kind of music or another to like Andrew's music, yeah. you know. Is there going to be any any kind of, of uh, release gig? Is it like a virtual thing or something? I'm not really sure what PJCE has planned. Okay. Um, I guess we'll have to we'll just have to see how things evolve over the next couple months. Um, I, you know, yeah, it's. I think everybody in this business and every business is kind of going. Right. Month, so it's hard yeah, to it's hard that's for, for sure <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so when is it actually going to be available um my understanding was that it was supposed to be this month um yeah. there is currently a snag in that i haven't yet been able to get a hold of the rights holders to that faith no more team and yeah. i have to I'm sure that they give us permission to release it. Yeah, they may be as um, you know held back by by COVID as anybody else. Uh, maybe that's uh-huh. why they're 
they're slow in responding. But that's kind of the last little wrinkle to iron out. And then as soon as that's done, it, it will be out as far as I know. I, I, I'm not in, in charge of determining the exact date, but we were definitely hoping for January. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and it's uh, the album is called Five Pointed Star because there's four of them in one of you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I saw you. You were talking about <clears throat> it is a tessellation. Mm. Throwing those big words around, aren't you? Again, Andrew. <laughs> well, that, that lines up, I think, with what Mary Sue was saying about the, the compositions being kind of like interlocking parts. Yeah, um, that's really all, all tessellation is, and that uh, that was that comment was in response to the amazing design. Um, that, I mean, PJC always has great design for their for their album covers and um i i happen to really like what they did with this one um i don't remember the the artist's name is he does the same um his tiny little hammers as that's his kind of logo but um he he, he does all the bjce covers and i love how they have a um you know they have they each have their own look but there's a kind of consistency to the style as well which makes bjce a real recognizable brand although i hate to use that word um well I, I i went to look up tessellation and uh it really cleared things up when it said tessellation is used to uh manage data sets of polygons sometimes called um, <laughs> vertex set presenting objects in a scene and divide them into suitable structures for rendering <laughs> i said well thank That's you thanks for clearing that up yeah, that's probably one definition, but it, it actually just has to refer to like interlocking design parts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, you could have said jigsaw puzzle. <laughs> Duly noted. <laughs> well, I'm sure we're glad it's out. Hey, listen, is there a tune we can play on the end going out here? Um, one. Very popular one is shh. Spelled S H H H H. Just two H's, but yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> duly, duly noted. <laughs> Not at a third H, Tom. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Every consonant counts. That's right. For what? <laughs> well, you should go. You could go shh, or you could go. Exactly. <laughs> was was this album fun to make? Of course. Yeah, this is a dream come true. Hope we can do another one. Well, that would be great, but let's hurry it up this time. <laughs> I'm get, I'm I'm getting old. I may not I may not survive till the next one. <laughs> you will. You will. Oh man! So have you been doing any live, any any live streaming or anything like that, you guys? I haven't. I I, I think Marisu, you were doing some outdoor concerts over the in the spring or the summer. Do I remember that correctly? Or um, I um I we haven't done I haven't done any live streams per se, but when the um, lockdown first started or quarantine or whatever you want to call it, um. I would go outside and, and play at seven for the healthcare workers. And I would, sometimes my neighbor would film that and put that on. Yeah. Um, 
and then um, Montevilla Jazz, um, uh -huh. also good friends of ours. We actually did a show of Andrew's music at Montevilla Jazz Festival, I think maybe three years ago, I want to yeah. say. Uh -huh. So we did a live performance of his, um, which that's what Montevilla Jazz requested, and it's great. We had a really great time doing that. Um, and uh, so Montevilla Jazz did jazz grams, so people would pay, and you would uh, you would go to their door, just you, and um, oh, yeah, yeah, stand on yeah. the sidewalk, and then people would watch you from the porch mm -hmm. and be sitting there with beers or whatever. Um, and it was super, it was really fun. It was a little weird. You're standing on the sidewalk and there's just like one or two people staring at you from the porch. But this one couple, <laughs> um, this woman and her wife, they had a pool out there on the porch, <laughs> like a little kiddie pool, and they were drinking the beers. And they weren't even, and it was just me, solo saxophone, and they weren't even um necessarily jazz lovers they just thought it was cool and they wanted to support local musicians so i thought that was super super sweet and a really creative way to do something and i don't want to say besides live streaming but it was a different way yeah. but andrew has been putting up videos of his other project he's doing standing on uh, his head well that too <laughs> Which is quite impressive if you've ever tried to do a handstand. Get a new trick. Come on, get a new trick. We're tired. We're tired of that one. <laughs> he's he's same he's old song. Come on. He's building his time, Tom. <laughs> but no, he 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 uh, he has an, another project, and so if you go to his Facebook, he he will occasionally put little clips up of that. So. Uh -huh. What is yeah. it? Yeah. Um, I'm I'm doing a. Maybe this is a midlife crisis thing for me, but I've been kind of going back to rock mode. Really? And just writing basically rock songs and recording them. And this is a, it's another project that I'm working on with Dennis. Mm -hmm. There's actually drums on it. Um, and uh, so I've been, you know, just exploring that side of my musical personality and um, building toward a, a, an album. Rock a la what? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm really into kind of like, like classic rock and, and like roots rock and uh -huh. kind of Americana and, uh, uh -huh. even country. I mean, I, I, I like sort of those kind of classic styles. Um, and so that's kind of what I aspire to. I mean, that's music that was pretty popular when I was growing up in the seventies. Had a big influence on me. I was never, I was never a. Um, I, my first instrument was piano, yeah. and so in high school I never really, you know, you couldn't really join a rock band if you played piano. I mean, some, some, some would let you, but um, you know, most of my friends in, in high school were guitarists. A lot of them played heavy metal, and I yeah. was kind of into that. Um, I later learned how to play guitar, but it's only like in the last, um, actually, few months that I've started playing electric. Um, so it's kind of a whole new. Yeah. Do you know who released a, 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 a metal album? Lisa Mann. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> Turns oh, out she's, she's been this classic metal fan all these years. <laughs> how was it? I didn't listen to it. I don't like it. Oh. I, I don't like metal. Sorry. <laughs> don't like Sorry. metal. 
don't like metal. That's it. It's years over. <laughs> what can I tell you? You know, I mean, I'm being honest with you. You know. Uh, <laughs> well, listen. Thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. And we'll play shh with two H's. Uh, go on out here. Thanks a lot. Great to Thank see you. you. Tom. Thanks always for Thanks your support. For having me. Okay. Yeah, I always appreciate it. That's entertainment. Thank you.